Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... has for his followers, and this is what we're going to be studying throughout Galatians 5, it's really one of the great chapters of the Bible, is that the Lord has for his children, for his followers, freedom. The Lord wants his people to live free in Christ by the power of the Spirit. We got that? We live free in Christ in the power of the Spirit. How important do you think it is to get the gospel right? According to Jesus and the apostles, it is crucial to life here on earth and to entering into the glories of heaven. But if we are honest, there are many things in this life that take us off course, including some religious teaching. Today on Changed by Love, we begin one of the classic chapters of the Bible, Galatians chapter 5 where the Apostle Paul reviews the gospel and how to stand firm in it during stressful, difficult, and often confusing times. Here's Pastor Jim. So the Bible tells us quite often that on the cross, Jesus took the punishment for our sins. And for those people who put their trust in him, there is no fear of condemnation. You don't have to worry that you're going to go to hell. You are going to ride into heaven on Jesus' wave, if you will. Now, you've heard me say many times before that that does not mean what many people say who have been poorly taught or they've had these conversations with their well-taught friends and their well-taught friends have not said, you know, that's really not true. It doesn't mean you can live and do whatever you want. Now, of course, there is the old saying, love God and do whatever you want, and I understand that, but some people would say it doesn't matter what I do because God's going to forgive me anyway. As we enter into Galatians chapter five, we are going to see that that is simply not true. How we live matters because how we live is a fruit of the fact that we have salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing we have to be careful of. We have our friends who say it doesn't matter how we live because God forgives everybody in the end, and we just say, you know, it does matter. But on the other hand, we cannot tone down the gospel of free grace just because other people are off. And so we've kind of got to hold the line on that. The truth is that those of us that are Christians, if you're not one, we're glad that you're with us, But those of us who are Christians, we try to live holy lives out of what Jesus has done for us. Not to try and get his love and approval, but because we have his love and approval. As we often say around here, we live our lives motivated by grace and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I am personally motivated I look at that cross. Remember when we said that in Galatians earlier, Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. We saw it, and we knew that he did that for me. 
So I am motivated by that love. I'm motivated by that grace, but I still then live out my life in the power of the Spirit. Holiness is something the Bible talks about, and it is inconsistent with living however our flesh wants, um, just as inconsistent as trying to please God or earn our salvation with man-made rules. So we have to watch the extremes that people go to. What the Lord has for his followers, and this is what we're gonna be studying throughout Galatians 5, it's really one of the great chapters of the Bible, is that the Lord has for his children, for his followers, freedom. The Lord wants his people to live free in Christ by the power of the Spirit. We got that? We live free in Christ in the power of the Spirit. John Stott describes this freedom this way. He says, it's freedom from my silly little self in order to live responsively in love for God and others. I love that, my silly little self. Verse one here of chapter five summarizes what the Apostle Paul has been saying and he really uses this as a transition verse into the rest of the book of Galatians. He says, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again, we'll come back to that word again, with a yoke of bondage. So as we've been saying, the false teachers came into Galatia and they were mixing gospel let's call that trusting in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and all that means, we try to define it differently every time because there's so many different ways to look at it, but they were preaching, that's good, you trust in Jesus, but you need Jesus plus. For them, it was Jesus plus circumcision, Jesus plus the law of Moses. And the Apostle Paul says here in verse five, don't do that. He says, stand fast. The idea is keep standing firm in the freedom. What's the freedom? To live in Christ and for Christ by the power of the Spirit. Keep standing firm in that freedom and don't go back to slavery. Another version says it this way, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You could say that it's for freedom is the reason that Christ saved us. And then the Apostle Paul makes the appeal because he did that for us, stand firm in that. Do not let these other people come in and take you off track. How? How do we stand firm? We stand firm by consciously, it has to be on our minds. We have to be thinking about this all throughout the day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. So we are continually praying our way through the day. We are consciously and dare I say aggressively resting. You say that doesn't make sense. Yes, we are consciously and aggressively, we are going for it, we are thinking about it. We are preaching to ourselves. We are resting in the triumph of the cross and resurrection 
and then we will find ourselves living and walking in the power of the Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to help us live out our day. This idea of stand fast or stand firm is a military term. It means stay alert, stay strong, defend against the attacks, because they're going to come to you, and to the Galatian church, it could also mean stick together, stay together. When the false teachers come into the church, when the false teachers, and they come in, remember Satan's a terrorist, there's a knock on the front door and go, oh, hey, I'm a false teacher. I was wondering if I could become part of Calvary Chapel. No, he doesn't do that. He comes in as a terrorist. He comes in through the roof. It's a cockroach. He comes under the walls. He's gonna try to get into the people's heads. He gets into ministries. He gets into small groups. That's the way it's done. So we have to stick together. Now, the verb tense here is very, very interesting. He says Christ has made us free. He's not saying Christ is making us free. Here, a lot of times we have those continuous verbs. Here it's not. It's a done deal. It's completed. It's in the past. If you've put your trust in Christ, he has already done that for you. Now we are to walk in a trust relationship, which he'll talk about in a little bit. Yet notice the serious warning. You can be a Christian, and he says, but don't be entangled. Some versions say don't be burdened again like you were before with a yoke of bondage. Some versions say with a yoke of slavery, yoke being the thing that they put on the animals to keep them when they would plow the fields to keep them walking down in a straight line. Now the Apostle Paul is not saying here that you can lose your salvation, but he is saying it is very easy to get off the path and misplace your freedom by trying to adhere to a bunch of rules, okay, that you think is gonna commend you to God. Now, we always have to say this. This doesn't mean it's not okay for you and your home to have house rules. You know, if you say to your kids, you have to clear the dinner table and put the dishes in the dishwasher, and your smart aleck kid says, that's not in the Bible. Those are house rules. It is in the Bible, actually. Obey your mother and father. But we have to remember that there's just other religious things that he's saying. Don't fall into that trap of trying to use those things as the way you identify yourself as a believer. We constantly have to remember what King David called the joy of my salvation. I hope that when you sit with the Lord quietly alone and you should take some time to do that minimum once every day, I would suggest two to four times, but that's okay. And I think you should even just take a moment to think of the cross where Christ again is clearly portrayed as crucified before your eyes and your heart and your soul. And I hope that you want to get the tissue box out. Because I hope that you are so grateful for what he has done for you. Otherwise, 
if we don't do that, our freedom can easily turn to fear. We can start to think that we're not good enough, but it doesn't matter that we're not good enough. Worthy is the lamb, not you and I. If we forget that, freedom can turn to spiritual laziness. And then all of a sudden, we are so far down the road from where we once were, we don't know what happened. I've met with a lot of people over the years who have fallen in to some really, really rough, nasty, raunchy sin or drugs or alcohol while they were Christians. And not one of them said, well, this was my plan. I planned to go down this road. No, they became spiritually lazy. They were no longer standing fast. They were no longer standing firm. They let their guard down. They thought they could handle it. And before they knew it, they were in trouble. Now, God will take us back, of course, but we also must know how painful that can be. If you're not also in tune with the joy of your salvation, you become spiritually dry, and the new fad of Christianity that comes down the street is very appealing because you're always looking for something different to try and jumpstart you to get you going because you are depending upon other people other than Christ in you to get your faith going. Now notice again, we said we draw our attention to the word again. He says, do not be tangled again with a yoke of bondage. If you recall, some of the Galatians were people who came out of Judaism. False teachers are coming in saying you need to edge Jesus plus your Judaism and they were people who came out of works-based Judaism. But others of the Galatians were true, classic, Southern Turkey, Roman Empire people, and they were pagans. Here you have almost like what you have in politics in this country. Some were hyper right-wing, some were hyper left-wing, and the Apostle Paul is saying both of those positions are slavery, both of them whether you're just this super religious person who thinks you're pretty darn special and heaven is building a wing for you and can't wait for you to get there because of all the things you do for God, which usually isn't too much anyway. Never talk to those people. They ask them, so tell me, oh, I'm getting to heaven on my good works. Oh, give me your top 10. They can't even name one most of them. Why? Because Americans are terrible at self-awareness. Americans are terrible at self-assessment. We think because we have a house and we have clothes and we have food that we're doing pretty darn well. And we might be economically, but it doesn't mean that we are in God's eyes. He's saying, listen, whether you're that or you're this complete pagan, that's slavery. In terms of faith, at least the converted pagans came to the realization that they weren't good enough. And yet, religious people live a different sort of existence. They often wonder, are they good enough? Are these things I'm doing really, really effective for my salvation? Or they become proud. Well, of course I'm going to heaven. Look at all the things that I've done. Now, in the years past, the church in America saw quite a number of people 
move from paganism to faith. Ah, how quickly the tides have turned. Now we're seeing a lot of people moving from faith to paganism, especially as we've been saying that mushy middle. You know, the hardcore Christians are doing fairly well still. The people who don't care about God, they're doing their thing. But it's the mushy middle, which is what? The mission field. Those are the people that are really, really struggling. They are in slavery, and they are going back to their paganism. So the Apostle Paul calls it slavery, not freedom. So the church in America, we're just too, we would never call it that. We're not as blunt as the Bible. So, so we call it self-fulfillment. And we mask it with terms like, I'm just being who God created me to be. Well, there are some ways that that is a true statement. But there are other ways that that is a lie from the pit of hell. So let's say I like to steal. Well, I'm just stealing because that's who God created me to be. No, that's not true. So there's all kinds of things we can say about God that are not necessarily true. The Apostle Paul says we are free from sin once we are saved and we are free from death. Here's the hard part. Here's the really, really hard part. The hard part is when we are free from sin, we are free from death, we are free from the penalty of sin and death. The hard part is believing there was nothing we did to earn it. That is the big hurdle that so many people have to go over because they find it impossible that there's nothing I have to do. I just have to believe. Now, I personally believe as I read the letter of Galatians that some of the false teachers would tell you that they believe in grace, but they don't believe in grace alone. They have a form of grace. We believe in the grace of God. We believe that God saves, but it's grace plus keeping the law. Now, there was some terminology that the Jews used about the law. For instance, here's three names that they called the law. The yoke of Moses. They called it the yoke of the commandments. They called it the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. That's why Paul's saying, do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. They didn't see, they didn't realize that by adding the yoke, they lost grace. See, Paul's not gonna let us combo the two. God's not gonna let us combo the two. He's gonna confront us and he's gonna say, it is one or the other. And so if you add the yoke, you lose the gospel. If you add the yoke like an animal, are you free now? No, you're not free at all. And so now you are under this yoke of bondage. Verse two, he says, indeed, Another version says, mark my words. And this is a serious warning. He says, I, Paul, I think right there what he's doing is he's breaking out the apostolic authority. Say to you that if you become circumcised. Now, let's just pull back for a second. The circumcision, he's not so much really talking about the actual procedure. 
He's talking about circumcision as it stands for righteousness by law or doing that or any other right, R-I-T-E, as thinking that it contributes to your salvation and your standing before God. So he says, if you become circumcised, if you give in to what these jokers are teaching you, if you add the law to Jesus Christ, look what he says, Christ will profit you nothing. A little? Not even a little. Absolutely nothing. Verse three, you say, why is that? And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. So what is he saying? If you do this and you're basing your salvation on this, you are putting yourself under the whole law. Remember we said the law demands perfection. So you know how you talk to everybody, go, well, I'm not perfect. Well, if they're under the law, they're not under grace, they have to be. So the law demands perfection. Now, can I be perfectly blunt? Do you mind if I'm perfectly blunt? If you trust in yourself, he is saying, that will send you to hell. That is really what he's saying. If you're trusting in yourself and what you do and not what Christ did, that will send you to hell. Verse four, you have become estranged, another version says severed, from Christ. Remember he said Christ in verse two is no profit to you. Here he says he is no benefit to you. You who attempt to be justified by the law, and next we come to a very misunderstood statement when you pull it out of context. He says, you who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. So here the Apostle Paul goes after the complete incompatibility of mixing grace and law. They're like two liquids you put together in the same jar and you go look at it later on and they're separated because they just do not mix. It is an either or decision for all. For the false teachers were telling the people, listen, if you're a convert, you need to be circumcised because that's part of your justification. That is a sign that you belong to God. The Apostle Paul is saying, if you do it for that reason, it is a statement that Jesus is not enough. That's what you're making. You're stating that Jesus is not enough. Now, it's all over the place in our lives today. Some people will say, well, we talked about this before, I was baptized. I'm good. I was baptized when I was a baby. I made my confirmation. I go to church. I do good works. That's all self-justification, self-savior syndrome. But, and here's where I'm gonna really rub some people the wrong way, so is depending on walking an aisle in an altar call. So is raising your hand if you say you want to be saved. So is praying a prayer. 
if you are trusting in any one of those actions on your behalf as the reason that you're saved, then they are just works. If they are acknowledging that you are trusting in Christ, that's a different story. Thank you for listening to Change by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? Changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.